Hey, what's up, guys and girls? Salam alaikum, and thank you for tuning in. This is episode two of the Project Generation Strong podcast. This is one of those really fun, frank, and filled with hidden gem episodes you do not want to miss. Um, we catch up with Dr. Shefali Varma in her home habitat on a Saturday afternoon in her backyard. Now, she is one of the most fun, smart, and charismatic people I have known. We talk about everything from gut health to parenting to strength training. And there's some really cool nutritional tips in there, too. Um, now, based on the feedback that we got from you guys um, on episode one, we have made some additional edits. So there's a 45-minute version in there, um, which is like a shorter one. And then we have the longer one, which is about a, an hour and 20 minutes, which is filled with more info and my quirky and stupid comments. Um, if you like what we do, um, don't forget to like, share, subscribe and uh, tell your friends about it you know and leave us a comment or two we want to know what we're doing really well we want to know where we can improve um, we are definitely looking for feedback and stay tuned um, add us on Instagram at project generation strong so you can stay in touch with us and uh, we are also launching our apparel line soon so we will keep you posted um, without further ado here is Dr. Shefali Varma on the Project Generation Strong podcast. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to episode two of the Project Generation Strong podcast. Um, our guest today, our esteemed guest today, is an integrative medicine doctor. She's the managing director of IFBM, a mother of two, probably the most adorable twins in the world, um, an entrepreneur, <clears throat> one half of a power couple, a strength athlete, and a really good friend, Shivali. Thank you for joining us. Did I miss anything in your introduction? No, I didn't even know half of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what does, I think, uh, one of the... Have you got this question before? What does integrative medicine mean? Uh, yes, all the time. Um, <clears throat> I actually used to use functional medicine, and the word functional medicine, a lot before, but people didn't actually uh, understand what it meant. But also, they always link functional medicine with alternative medicine. Yes. Um, and for me, uh, I trained conventionally, so I went to a proper medical school and I learned, you know, conventionally. And then using nutritional therapy and functional medicine, I integrate all aspects of, you know, medicine together. So I don't believe and I don't want anyone to think that I'm gonna be able to, you know, treat naturally um, and, uh, when needed, I definitely call upon all my peers and different like specializations and stuff to take it in. So I believe that integrative medicine is like more safe um, because there is a whole aspect of acute medicine that we see. And before we start treating 
uh, integrate, you know, alternatively, I think you need to make sure that the patient's safe. So integration is integrating everything that I know and all diseases and all specialties under one and looking at the patient as a whole. I think, guys, that's, that's probably one of the main reasons why I wanted to uh, uh, kick off the podcast. Um, with with someone like Shafali who is who is um, so focused and sorry sorry who is so who's so knowledgeable and so understanding and so practical. I mean, uh, she's got brain. She's practical. She's beautiful. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Okay. Um, let's let's uh, dig into uh, the meat and potatoes. Uh, let's talk about growing up. Um, Growing up to to doctor parents. Yep. Yep. Was there any pressure? Uh, I wouldn't call it pressure because I don't think you know anything different at the time. Yeah. I mean, my mom is an obstetrician gynecologist. She actually practices even today. My father was a general surgeon. Uh, I grew up in a household where my parents were on call. They were out for surgeries in the middle of the night. We canceled trips because there was you know, an emergency that came about. My dad was driving, taking me somewhere one day and we made a detour to the hospital because there was a road traffic accident and I was in the ER because they didn't know where we put. So I grew up in that environment. I didn't think that it was pressure, but I didn't know anything else. I mean, I used to play, when I look at my children now, and we play dolls, they play teachers and things like that because we're not in that acute medicine. But I remember playing, oh, this doll has appendicitis. Let's hook him <laughs> up amazing. to like, a drip, you know. My kids don't do that, but I didn't know any different, you know. Yeah. Um, so no, I know. I don't think I felt the pressure, um, but obviously you see medical experience through my parents, and so I was, I guess, introduced to it early, you know. Amazing. But no, I, I wouldn't say pressure. Okay. Was that something that like you you would you would say that also encouraged you to take on the profession that you're in today? Again, I think I was introduced to it and I didn't kind of know anything. I didn't know what else okay. to do. Yeah. So I went into, you know, conventional medicine. And then, you know, and I don't know if you're going with this, but basically I, w I went through the conventional, you know, stream. I lost my dad in my final year of medical school. Um, I was disillusioned by the whole conventional medicine. And then I kind of looked at other things. And that kind of brought me into what I'm doing today. Uh, because I, I just felt like there was more to it, you know? And I, and I think being a relative of a patient that passes, I think uh, you develop a different empathy for your patients um, because they're, other, they're, they're more than just a bed number or a prior to who's gonna die first. And that's kind of how I felt the whole medical system was going. And I kind of think that you know, alter not alternative, but integrative medicine encompasses it all. Yes. And it becomes important to, uh, you know, to look at, and actually there's an importance to it. Amazing. You know. Such an amazing answer. Um, role models growing up. Again, I know it sounds really silly, but like my, my parents, you know. I remember uh, my dad used to come home and talk to me about, oh, the porter had some issue and used to see them and you know do free of charge and pro bono work and my mom would like you know people would stop her in you know the road and be like you know uh, you delivered my 
you know, so in fact, actually now my mom in her 70s, she gets stopped and says, oh, you delivered my 18-year-old kids or, you know, here, meet your the people that you delivered, you know? And so I feel like they really encompass, like, to be able to be working parents, to give me everything that I have now. Um, to, I felt loved. Like, if people ask me, you know, did I have a good upbringing? I'm like, yeah, you know, I loved my parents. I mean, you... You almost have to have a good upbringing for you to actually say, I loved my parents. Yeah. I never felt like, you know, I hate you as a teenager or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like I yeah, really no. love them. Um, and they let me do pretty much everything. Uh, you know, I played loads of sports. I, they drove me wherever I needed to go to, you know, I, I, they did a lot for me. So they were able to be a parent, work hard, provide, we traveled. You know, I kind of felt like, yeah, they're kind of cool. I'd like to be like them. Amazing. Yeah, that's a perfect answer. Um, parents out there, word. Yeah. Uh, mentors growing up. Again, growing up, I mean, I guess my sports teachers were the people that, you know, my coaches were the biggest people at that time that I felt was I was impressed by, I wanted to be like. They taught me, you know, team member being captain. I captained quite a few teams when I uh, was growing up. Uh, and learning how to, like, be that captain or, you know, sportsmanship, that kind of, you know, growing up, you know, I, they were my main, I would say, uh, mentors. But my first true mentor-mentor probably was a guy called uh, Dr. Nat Pattier. And when I finished medical school, I did a, my master's in sports medicine in London, and um, he was one of my professors. And even now, I would say after you know, some, I think it's been 15 years since I graduated from doing my MSc. Yep. He's now become a good friend, and, uh, but I still, he is my mentor, you know. He, uh, hugely smart, uh, you know, sports medicine and what he's done for the UK Sports Medicine uh, Association and continuously trying to grow and have more, you know, people in, in the field. Uh, but open-minded, yeah. you know, not so academic that if it's this way, uh, this is the only way we're going to do it. Uh, but to actually look outside the box, and um, he was he was my, probably my first educational mentor. Another mentor, really, uh, which I think he's is a mentor for so many people, is Charles Baldwin. You know, when I lost, uh, I guess belief in sort of the whole NHS and the medical system, and I did my sports medicine, uh, David introduced me to Charles, and uh, I just feel like he kind of got me back into medicine, you know, and looking at medicine from a, the root cause in the functional way, he introduced me to that, you know, um, and I remember like it's almost 12 years ago where I did my first course with Charles. And uh, it's just a bright man who's encouraging. And even though 20,000 people may say something, he might find three people that says what he says, but he will run with it. He sticks with it. He, he doesn't need to have that kind of, you know, he doesn't fall into any sort of, oh, well, this is what everyone's doing. He can't be different, and he will lead yeah. with that difference. Um, and I would say that he's someone that I'm, I am really thankful for. You know, in fact, not long ago, I actually messaged him to say uh, thank you because I feel like they're, you know, if you don't like something, yeah. you're happy to like be like, blah, 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 you did blah, blah, blah. 
But when you someone's you appreciate on or you're happy or you're thought, mm, you know what? No one really does that. Thanking yeah. and yeah. you know, I just want you to know that you played a big part in where I am today. Yeah. You know, and the industry. I think so too. I mean, Charles has been one of the biggest influencers on in my life too, and uh, I think just joining the strength. Uh, I think where I started off was more from unemployment, and you know, I've, I, I did a couple of competitions in Toronto, and and then I got my CanFit Pro, and and uh, I just didn't feel like it was enough. And then a couple of my friends were like, "Hey, PICP level one and level two is on sale," and I was like, "Okay, cool. Let's let's do it." You know, uh, we don't need to go to Rhode Island, and you know, we can just do it in uh, I think it was Reach in, in Toronto. And uh, Ryan Fenley and Andre Benoit were, 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 were teaching it with Charles. And what an eye-opener. I mean, there's so much, so much that I learned. And those principles still hold true till today. And, and I think they really do yeah. hold, they will continuously yes, hold true. Yes, yes. I, I mean, it's, it's set my basis. I mean, there are so many people that I've met. I mean, good coaches, successful coaches. Um, and, and, you know, it's, I, it helps me set... How to say this more politically? Okay, set the bullshit apart, and then you know, yeah. what's what's right and what's bullshit, and you know it's like okay, come on, I'm I'm sitting there, you know. Anyways, so that's where Charles comes into play, and then you know with the whole biosignature, and, and uh, uh, he even started touring with uh, Ed Cohen and Klokov mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and just bringing good information. I think you know if anyone you know doesn't know who Charles Baldwin is, look him up. He goes by the name of Strength Sensei. Mm -hmm. um, let's do some promotion for Charles as well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, and he was really helpful too. When I was moving here, he was like, "Ray, if you need, you know, if you need any uh, any any discounts with equipment, or if you want to start a gym, just let me know, and I'll I'll definitely hook you up." So it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. No, he's definitely amazing guy. Okay. Um, when and how did you meet the great David? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I met David in London. Yeah. And. Uh, was it a rainy night? I actually was boxing at the time and I had a boxing trainer and um, I was also playing basketball and I hurt my finger playing basketball and I couldn't box anymore and I was getting really frustrated and so this my boxing trainer was like you know what there's this guy David he's just helped me and he just fixed my bicep yesterday why don't you did would tell the story um, <laughs> why, why don't you come meet him he might be able to fix your finger and so I said, all right, and then uh, enter David. And then he walked in and, you know, basically he like talked about my finger. He had really good knowledge of anatomy. Um, and I felt like he, we met a few times where he, you know, the rest was kind of history kind of thing. Yeah, I mean like, you know, David from, from me, and it's really hard because like, you know, it's hard to promote now your husband, but in terms of, if I thought functional medicine is like encompassing, you know, medicine and looking at root cause and, you know, looking at things bigger picture, uh, David is that in muscle medicine and nutrition and sport and body comp and, 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 and he was actually the one who introduced me um, to Charles and he's known him for a, a really long time and he, you know, one of the key things that I feel is that he doesn't accept uh, like he knows everything, so he's always about learning and yes. looking outside yes. the box and trying to stuff. And he, he, he has this, this whole thing is like he needs to know what he's treating, so he always has a working diagnosis. 
Whereas a lot of times you come across like physios and things and they'll be like, oh, he's not had 10 sessions with him, he massages, he puts an ultrasound, he does that. And then he's like, but what was his diagnosis? Like, what was he treating? Yes. You know? And David always has a hypothesis of what he's treating. Like, oh, you know, how did this, and he has a whiteboard and he does very similar things. And so we connected on that science sort of level. You know, cool. so he like intellectually stimulated me. Very nice. Um, and uh, and so, since then, we've done a lot of stuff together. We we used to go on courses together all the time um, until. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's pretty cute. I, you know, I, I always thought it was the good looks and the big biceps yeah. and, the, and the and the big like quads and, that, and yeah, you know, I was like, I, I always thought it was that. But I'm just, <laughs> I mean, I think that's really cute. Um, where do you find someone like that? Every <laughs> um, married ten years, and we have two children. So hey, I know, ten those years. Are the most adorable twins ever. Okay, um, so for any of you who doesn't know, let's do some promotion for David. So he is the osteopath. He's a he's athletic therapist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a doctor of osteopathy. Um, pathy, I say. Osteopathy. Um, athletic therapist. Yeah, I said pathy. Yeah. That's the Indian way. Yeah. Pathy. Osteopathy. Osteopathy. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, chiropractor as well? I mean, no, he's an osteopath no. and a sports therapist, and obviously he's a strength coach. Strength coach, yeah. yeah. And he's based out of SHP right now. Um, so, yeah, guys, look him up. You got the idea to start the Institute for Biophysical Medicine. Where did that come from? I mean, I think that I think there was always an idea to yeah. start something like that. Yeah. I think I worked in uh, so before I actually started clinical medicine here in Dubai, I worked in the corporate sector. So I worked um, for several uh, government entities, and I used to do their wellness programs where I looked after the employees. And um, and then what used to happen was that somebody would say, "Oh, I need you to see you know my dad or my mom or whatever," and I didn't actually have a clinical space to see them. Correct. And they actually needed to see me more, say, than the employees, because the employees it was paid for by the company. So um, when we started the, the clinic, I had two clinics, and I was uh, not had, but I started a you know one day a week, and then you know two sessions a week, and then it became kind of like full. Um, and then we decided that I'd like to like just do it on my own. You know, medicine here it's tough because you know there's an element of medical business that goes on that yes. takes away the ethics of the medicine. Correct. And I feel like when you work with people who don't really understand what you do, but just see you know money coming in, and so they, they get greedy. Yes. And I think that takes away from the environment that you've created and the energy within the clinic. Yes. And once I did two of those clinics where I felt like, you know, the people were getting greedy or, you know, there was a pressure to do more or do more testing or, you know, where can you get more money into the clinic? I just felt like that's kind of not what... I don't want people to set targets on me for how much money I need to bring in, you know. And I didn't want to have that kind of, you know, energy when I used to come to work. So then I met my now partner um, who was a lot more open-minded and really was impressed by the medicine of the future. Nice. And uh, and really left me on my own devices and we set up, uh, uh, the name was Inherited, I didn't like make up that name, but the clinic, uh, we took it over. 
um, and it's been really good. And we've had it now since 2012. Oh wow, nice. You know, so we've been there for yeah, for, for five years, uh, coming on our sixth year actually. Cool. Um, so yeah. Well, it's, I haven't been there, but I've heard good things about it. A couple of people. Just a couple. Um, okay, let's move into raising the twins. Okay, that's like the immediate smile on your yeah. face. We have we have some art uh, on display by them. Yeah. Um, hopefully, in another 40, 50 years, they're they're really famous. We're gonna put this out there, you know. And each of these flowers and their flower hand painted flowers and flower pots. Oh yeah, they. <laughs> <laughs> she just showed me today. <laughs> so cute. Okay, so we're we're gonna sell those for about a million. How much? Five million each. What you're we're gonna my table. Yeah. Um Um so let's talk about raising the twins. Um for any of you who don't know, Amaya and Ayana are two of the most adorable, adorable twins there is in the world. How old are they? They're five. Five. Yeah, they turned five in November. Oh, they grow up so fast. So fast. I always wanted to say that. Yeah. What? Well, they do grow up. <laughs> Uh, what have you done? What have you done really, really well with them? What do you What do you think, in your opinion? I think talking to them. You know, even when they were babies, we never googled Gaga ever. We always spoke. We always, uh, and that now I see the value of talking and not like babying them when they're babies, but actually having conversations because now we converse. We have conversations. We have fewer tantrums than other people that I see. Um, and they always try to listen, you know. And I think uh, listening, and I think this is something that I learned really in, in my medical career. To take a good history isn't just about like asking questions and listen, you know, answering. It's actually really hearing what someone's trying to say. And when you have my, with my girls, they're so different yet they're always compared because they're twins. Is they both have two different meanings. And learning how to like stop and understand what they're trying to say and listening to them, uh, having patience, like if, if you really need a lot of patience and not losing your cool because what ends up happening is they learn from you. Yes. So if you you know, keep your cool when you're really you know ready to lose your, you know then they get into these frustrated moments too. And then they mimic your behavior because they obviously think it's okay. So I think like talking, you know, conversations, interpersonal relationships, trying to like, you know, uh, understand emotions because, you know, that's the other thing is like trying to like, they, they feel all these emotions that they don't have the vocabulary to explain what they're trying to say, Correct. so they're frustrated. Yeah. Like understanding where it's coming from from them, as opposed to just losing my, you know, cool when it's a busy day. I think I think that's something that I can always be better. But I think I I'm mindful towards, and I always have been. Very nice. Well, that's great, great, great advice. I can just converse. I, I I just wanted to clarify what's the difference between conversing and Google Gaga. So like I feel like. When I say I don't never Google Gaga, I never literally went, oh, no, Google, like I never did stuff like that. Like I, I always feel like, oh, I, like do you, you know, I, I, I always spoke. 
Like they always heard me, both David and I, we've always spoken. We're not like those kind, we're, and not saying that there's anything wrong with those parents, but how we see them and how we deal with them and what I needed from them or what they need from us, I feel like it worked well in our scenario. Beautiful. Kind of <clears throat> no, that's amazing. What's your favorite part of parenting? Learning, watching them now. Watching them actually mimic what you do. And you're like, where did you learn that from? You know, <laughs> or watching them deal with like day-to-day -day relationships and and learning how to, like this year, it's been learning about how they read. And in the summer, they didn't even know like some of the letters. And now they come home and they're actually stringing letters together, writing their own sentences yes. in their own way that they understand and it makes sense like you know that's that's pretty like that part of life where you're like so in, dependent to like I can read my own book and write my own name and I think this is how we write it uh, that's it is you, you do watch them learn like so fast and they are sponges they really are 100% I, I was fascinated I can actually have a have a conversation with them yeah and they're actually funny in there too yeah. like yeah. they they actually know that they're funny and they know that they're playing with you and did, did you, yeah it was, it was it was so cool yeah they're actually very sarcastic yeah they are they have, very yeah. sarcastic and they know what no but they're like it's fun sir yeah I mean it's, it's such fun. cute yeah. like fun sarcasm uh, uh, yeah I mean not all the time but yeah Sometimes they're, they're, they're nightmare sometimes. Being twins, do they have any preferences? Like with food and play areas? And I mean, they're, they're, it's funny because like when they were young and we put them in nursery, they had a cubby hole that said the twins. And then I'd have to be like, uh, no, this one is a Yana, this is a Maya, let's have a cubby hole each because they're not one person. Yes. Um, and people compare them all the time. That is the hardest thing being mother of twins. Oh my God, they're twins, but how come one's taller than the other? Well, they're fraternal. So, you know, you don't have to be identical to be twins. They're just born on the same day and they're two different kids. So just like that, they're like two different siblings born on the same day, two different personalities. You know, one is sensitive in one way, one is not. One's an eater, will try things, one is like, a sugar monkey one it you know loves chocolate one hates chocolate one you know loves to climb one hates to climb one loves sparkles and you know dolls the other one likes their own imagination and TVs wow. yeah. and you know I mean on their fourth birthday I asked them what theme did you want one wanted Ariel and like uh, the mermaid yes. and the other one wanted pirates hmm. so I had a double themed birthday that just happened to be both underwater so that worked really well yeah. but I did and I made a cake that was on when you turned it on one side it was Jake and the Neverland Pirates and then on the other side it was the mermaid yeah. at least we know they know they, they like water yeah maybe you know and actually they do actually really like water now so yeah I think they're just two different kids born on the same day as opposed to they do have, they're, they're like other kids are they picky just because they're my ch like children are they picky with food oh my god are they picky just because they're my children, do they just eat vegetables? No. Is it a fight? Yes. I mean, you know, it's it's teaching them, trying to teach them, which I, I struggle sometimes with, the value of eating wholesome and why, as opposed to just restricting them. Yes. Okay. You know? So, um, so they, they didn't grow up 
drinking protein shakes with. No. From when I, they were one, they actually drank it. I mean, they actually that's a lie. <laughs> they probably did taste their first protein shake probably when they were one, for sure. Like, they would sip on stuff, but like, you know, you've seen those parents who are like, oh, I had a whiskey, and then they're like, I gave them a sip. I mean, that happens. It's yeah, the no. same. I mean, I'm um, Let's talk about, can I talk about pre-pregnancy and then post-pregnancy with exercise? Oh, we'll yeah. go to post later. Let's talk about pre or during. Um, a very important question, or I think something that's valuable for this day. Diet and exercise during pregnancy. So I mean, my pregnancy was tough because I had the twins. Yes. Um, I was heavy. I was real. For me, I was really heavy. You know, people wouldn't see the difference. I mean, I gained. I want to say, eighteen kilos, but with the two of them, which isn't that bad um, and I was very I had a lot of water and stuff but I lost a lot of muscle mass um, how did I eat uh, in the first three months I was quite nauseous I once I ate everything but I mean I ate things that I wouldn't normally eat like uh, and I remember one day I had a couple of friends over and uh, they're like what do you want to eat and I went through all this cuisine I was like no 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 and then we went and we got, I think I got butter chicken and like naan or something like that on that day. I didn't like fancy like ice cream and like stuff like that, but like just different tastes that I didn't like. I did like I didn't, I was off coffee. I, David tells the story all the time. He walked into our apartment and I was like, you're not bringing that in because I could just smell coffee. And I was like, no, and I love coffee, you know? Um, so I was off, but the moment that nausea went, I ate pretty clean. Like I avoided like, you know, stuff that I w would react to and so on and so forth. Like I was pretty good. Did I binge because I had two babies? No, I didn't feel like I needed to. Did I exercise as much as I could? I remember s I stopped weight training when I needed help to get off the bed. Okay. When I was like, can you, yeah. I can't, like, I can't get up anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I just, went, I did swim and I swam loads uh, at that time. Uh, but I weight trained, I would probably say until I was like 28 weeks, you know, Maybe. and then I just huh? got really heavy. That's pretty, yeah. I didn't squat, uh, I didn't, uh, you know, strain and things like that. I didn't overheat. Those are the things that I watch because those are the things they tell you to watch. Like not overheat, not strain, not deep, you know, it depends on, didn't do stuff like that. But yeah, I was, I just tried to, I worked on my pelvic floor, yeah. like, you know. In your opinion, is that important? Like uh, resistance training when you're, you're I, mean, I just think resistance training is important. Yeah. Full stop. Full stop. Okay. You know, um, I think I think I think people don't understand properly why it's important, um, and it's not you know people associate it with yes. you know bulking up yes. and you know yeah. what does it mean to resistance train? You know, where lifting heavy weights yeah. and CrossFit. And all that kind you of know, stuff I mean, there's just it's just not all the same. But just generally, in terms of resistance training, when people ask me why do I think it's important, I think it's important to have muscle mass. I think it changes your metabolism. I think it's important for the bones. I think it's important for hormones. I think it's important for like hormones being insulin. One of the biggest things that go wrong in um, in chronic diseases. Um, and now when I, you know, when you look at the aging population, uh, I just, again, don't think it's, we're not educated enough to understand why it's so important. But on an anti-aging perspective, resistance training is important. And we don't do enough of it. 
<clears throat> During pregnancy, was there anything you made sure you ate? Uh, I mean, like for me, the one thing that I probably say that I did well was I ate enough protein, Good. and I didn't binge on carbs, refined sugars. I don't want to get fatter than I was. I mean, eighteen kilos a lot to like, long, like for pounds, my yeah for pounds. my body to hold, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm generally not a huge carb eater. So when people say, oh my God, you're like, but I'm not a really big carby carb eater anymore. You know, um, so I didn't find it that difficult once I could control my, you know, cravings. Perfect. Your mom being a gynecologist and a, I can never get the word right, so I'm going to try Obstetrician. It, obstetrician. There you go. Well done. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did she? What was try the again, most? Try again. No, I'm not no, gonna no, do this. no, 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 I'm not gonna do this. Come on, for your viewers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, did your mom? Did your mom give you any? Like, what was? If you had to just pick one tip that your mom gave you, which you found really valuable during pregnancy. Pregnancy, or for actually bringing up my children. Pregnancy. Oh, let's do both. I mean, pregnancy, my mom, my mom's an obstetrician gynecologist, so she's all about, like, you know, you know, don't, like, relatively old-fashioned in terms of, yes, you can weight train, but you don't need to, like, oh, don't overdo it and stuff like that. Um, but she never, she didn't really, in, she didn't really interfere so much in what I, what I did, what I ate, what I, but in terms of being a mother, the one thing my mom always told me to do was you can never give and show enough love to your children. And I remember, and I still do, I hug and I kiss my children all the time. I am good cop all the time. And I think, I think it's important. I think it's important to nurture as much as you can. I, I, I feel like, you know, for kids to feel love is so important. Love, with love comes safety, and then safety and shelter, like things that I felt my parents did for me well, um, gives you, you grow up, you'll benefit the doubt of people, better in relationships, you know, you're not the victim all the time, you're not like, you know, you can control a lot of things that you can, you know, in life so many things happen that you can't control, so at least control your emotions, you know, see it for what it is, you know, I think she did that well, for sure, she had definitely... And she still does that. If ever I get upset in front of my mom's the kids, she's like, and they'll go up to Nani all the time because Nani will always give them love, you know? Nice, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Any, um, so post-pregnancy, let's talk about the post-pregnancy weight gain. Did hmm. you gain any? Like I said, if I was on the scale, I probably, I was probably five kilos heavier. Okay. But I gained fat. Like my muscle, my body composition definitely changed. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I definitely was fatter, but I, I mean, I, I could fit into my pre-pregnancy clothes, I would say within five or six months. Like, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I didn't gain that I was like, oh, who is this body? No. And I was pretty active after the kids because I used to walk with them um, in our pouches and walk around. I used to live downtown at the time and I used to walk around downtown with them, uh, a pouch. Each. We used to go for like hour plus walks, 
in the evenings, David and I, and that way David and I connected, and we had the girls, and we'd walk around, and um, so I lost the weight, you easy. know, I'm almost say easy, because obviously I had the twins, and I was up at night, and then that's crazy, yeah. but I mean, relatively, yeah. it wasn't yeah. so bad. Cool. So guys, there's a difference between weight and body composition. To find out more, to find out more, visit Dr. Shafali's clinic, IFBM. I was going to say, if it fits your macros. Yeah. Don't say that. Yeah. Um, okay, advice for young parents? Like, enjoy them, you know? I think we wish, honestly, you know, right at the beginning we started talking about twins, you're like, oh my God, they grow fast. Like, honestly, oh my God, they grow fast. Like, they really do grow fast. And I think that we wish for, oh, I can't wait for this stage to go. I wish for, I don't know, I can't wait for them to be more independent. I can't wait for them to start brushing their teeth on them. I can't wait for them to clean their butts. I can't wait. Yeah, and then before you know it, they're like, see you later, Mom, I'm going, I'll, you know, and that's it. You know, we don't, it, it's like you close your eyes and that phase is gone. Yeah. And then we're on another phase. I still tell you, if you, any of my friends, they'll be like, what does she ask a lot about her kids all the time? I'm like, oh, they're still babies, right? Tell me they're still babies, because if anybody says you're not a baby, I'm like, oh my god, I've just lost my babies, you know. And ask my kids, I'm like, I'm like, you're, are, are you still my baby, mommy? I'm always gonna still be your baby. Like I've I've rehearsed and educated them so they know how to speak to me, you know, to make me feel better. But time flies, and I think enjoying them and not wishing for that time to go so fast is really important. You know, and it gets better, and you will miss those times. Yes. You know, um, to savor those moments. Like, really savor them. You know, take photos. You know, that's the other thing is take photos. Uh, you know, have your memories, create your memorabilia, and all that kind of stuff. But, but enjoy honestly, really savor, enjoy those moments for sure. All right, we move on to our next phase or segment, which is called Dr. Doctor. All right. Um, good title. Good title. Okay. Basic nutritional recommendations for a strength athlete. Open-ended. Go to town. Again, you know, okay, so a lot of the questions that you're going to ask me, I'm going to keep them open just because I feel like a strength athlete, okay, well... What is their starting point? What's their training age? Like, how big are they to start? How fat are they to start? Yeah. Like, it just changes uh, what they're allowed and what, they, what what can they be allowed, but what can they deal with? I don't think it's, it's just not the same for two people. Yeah. Um, and again, strength, you know, are they purely strength? Is that their goal? What's their goal? Do they want to grow? Do they want to stay the same weight? You know, are they, a, you know, a, a martial, you know, in martial arts, we yeah. have to maintain the same weight. Is there, you know, functional hypertrophy? Yeah. I mean, there's okay. so many different things. Yeah. Like, I just don't think we can answer it the same way. But one of the things that I think calories, uh, there's a lot of school of thought that it doesn't matter. It kind of does matter at some point. So calories is one thing. Carb cycling is another thing. You know, enough protein, eating enough for repair, recovery eating enough to fuel a workout so performance is important. You know, there's so many aspects yes. of, you know, it's not about just having 20 like eggs in the morning and oats and then being like, yo, like I'm sad. It's not so simple, you know. Having goals uh, and having ways in which you're documented 
progress can determine if something's working for you or not. Okay. You know, so I know that's kind of a big thing. No, but I just this is exactly that what I wanted. Because yeah. I mean, the whole idea is uh, this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to you know, um, get this out of straight out of Shafali's mouth. Is you can't paint everyone with the same brush. You see so many nutritional recommendations out there. Oh, you need to eat forty to fifty percent of your diet and protein. You need to eat. 30 to 40 percent in fat right? it you know it's going to depend from person to person it's going to depend and, and, and as you said you know you have to document your journey like sometimes um, there was a time when I was competing in like natural bodybuilding and I weighed 147 pounds but let's not go there now yeah. um, <coughs> chicken legs and everything <laughs> um, but here's here's what I used to do so I was 320 to 330 pounds prior to that that's fat. I dropped down to 147. How? I was running six hours a day. I was training in the gym two hours a day. And I was on a Walmart diet because we were on a budget. So we would have multi-grain bread and cold cuts with some pasta sauce and a Diet Pepsi in every meal. That was six meals a day. But believe it or not, that's three bucks. Three dollars a day I was spending. Three dollars a meal, sorry. And I dropped from 330 to 147. Was it right? Was it the, was, you know, no. That's what my friends told me. That's what coaches told me. Hey, run a lot, you know, and train a lot. And hey, eat your multi-grain bread. Cool. But now, if I do that again, I get fatter and fatter and fatter. Yeah. And you know what? So I'm, I'm better with carb cycling. I'm better with like two nights a week. I'll have some. And again, this is tried and trial and error. And you, yeah, know, you, well, you get to know your body. Yeah. Correct. And I think yeah. that's one of the biggest things that I like doing for my patients. You know, back in the day, I used to do a lot of body comp. I mean, I've done biosignature at least 10 times. I've, I've, I used to do you do the calcs, I do a lot. Now I actually do attract a lot more sick and chronic disease type people. And so I don't do as many body comp stuff. But even then, I also am very, you know, it's changed. Like I've evolved my practice. I used to be really strict before and be like, no, this way. Then I have my children, and I'm like, oh, don't need to be so strict. And they're like, oh my God, you've changed. Yeah, experience change. If I didn't change with experience, then like I haven't evolved. That yes. you know, it just that you know that doesn't make sense. And now people are like, just give me everything. I'm like, I'm not going to give you everything. I'm going to give you one thing. When that stops working, we'll get another. I don't need to give you all the secret weapons. You don't need to use all your secret weapons in one go. Correct. You know, yeah. um, and I realize psychology. If you're in the right frame of mind, you're more likely to comply, you know, and that's and I and I pick on those things with different individuals, and that's why two people can be exactly the same, but I will treat you differently. Correct. I will tell you what to do differently at different times because that actually works for you better in this moment of your life, based upon what you've been through or your history, you know. Um, so to give general recommendations is, is tough because you need to like know so much about the person. Exactly. You know, that, that kind of also led into my second question, <clears throat> which was if two people walked in on a door and said, um, and both of them were 200 pounds, um, both of them were of Indian origin, 5'11", with glasses and a cap turned backwards, would you... <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and they said, and they said they wanted to lose weight. Um, what would your recommendation be? Would it be the same for both of them, or would yeah, it be no, so? not at yeah. all, no. not at all. Like, and and I'm and I'm quite again strict like that. You know, I get people who email me off the website and be like, you know, what would you do for me? This is blah 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 blah, and I'm like, 
you know, I need to see you. I need to learn about you. My first consultation is me getting to know you. Yep. And only based upon that will I be able to tell you how you reached to this, yeah. you know, stage. You know, and different people reach this stage differently. You know. I, I wanted to touch upon something which, you know, I, this is totally off topic, but um, I remember hearing this somewhere. The best practitioners in the world, their first consultation is about an hour of asking questions. Yeah, totally. And so I want, I, I want to say that publicly. I don't know. I, well, that was probably Charles and on Tim Ferriss. I mean, I'm, okay. I'm, or maybe like. I wouldn't say I'm an hour. I'm a little bit less than an hour, but it is all about the questions. And I think that's something that you know I picked up from the best is that I want you guys to be aware of that too. That you know when you know your doctor when you go in and see your doctor and you say, hey, we have this condition, and they're like, okay, here's the medicine. Yeah. You know, there's something going on there. So um, it, it Again, should be. Again, it depends on what the goal. Is. So my first question is, how can I help you? Yeah. Like it, I'm not gonna put what I think you need to do or your goal should be on. It has to be your goal. And whatever I advise you is going to be based upon the goal that you told me is important. Now, yes. if off topic, I see things that are like, for my asking my questions, we should really be addressing in this point, I will educate you towards that, you know? But it's not for me to judge you to say what I think your goal is. That's not why you're paying yeah. me. But at the same time, I need to get to know you. Like, I tell everyone this. Like, today you've come to me with this. Okay, but in every chronic diseases is like this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then that happened. Oh my God, I need to go see a doctor because that happened. Yeah. But nobody has looked at the thises, yeah. and those thises have to actually be tackled in order for us to like actually get to the that. Correct. And that comes through history taking, you know, like you're, and we want to be able to change that ending. Yeah. You know, based upon you know what the story you're telling, you know, and that's really that's really important to me, and that has become more and more important as I've got older. Amazing. Is there an age limit to start strength training? To start or to finish? or like say let's do let's say from youngins to. I mean, I like we touched upon this when, before. When when would when would the kids start? So, or have they already started? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, have my kids started? I mean, you see my gym and my garden. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we train, like, and the girls want to do a few pull-ups. Do we stop them? No. Is that strength training? Typically, yes. Yeah. Doesn't mean I have to put a barbell on their back and make them squat. <laughs> yeah. No, but can they squat? Do they know what it is? Sure. Yeah. I have videos on my Facebook from them just about to walk to be pushing their, like, high chair across the kitchen table like strongman prowler. I mean... There are lots of things that you can do with them that's fun and stuff. I don't stop them. If they carry stuff, they naturally have a better squat than, than we all do yeah, because they can naturally squat and, you know. So is there an age limit? I mean, no, not really. And is there an age limit, you know, in terms of getting older? I mean, when you die. I mean, there's no, we should really know as long as you can do it correctly. So would I say someone who's never weight trained before go and start squatting? No, I think you require professional help to understand what is the right curves and how you should move and you know stuff like that. Should everyone do CrossFit? No. Should everyone, you know? But should people be refrain from 
weight training because for an, or resistance training. No, everybody should have had some introduction and should look towards how can I get a bit of resistance. And resistance training is a huge. I mean, there's so like I mean, if I lift anything that's heavy, that's typically if I squat, it's resistance training. If I do body weight stuff, tip. You know, I mean, it's your definition of it. Yes. But it's open to everybody. Yes. Safely. Safely. And it transfers too, you know, really, as you just said. <coughs> Let's get into more of the. Um, if I can maybe uh, add on to that, is uh, what would you. So, say for example, I have typical Indian parents, and they're so like, they're really old fashioned where, you know, strength training is just. It's either, it's going for a walk. That's their exercise, right? What advice or how would, how would um, say if we send them to you, what would you, what would you have to say to them? Well, I mean, okay, so I do see a lot of older parents uh, who might come and see me and want to train and then they, all they do is walk. And if, if all they do is walk and they think that's their exercise, then, you know, I often encourage them to have like, you know, meet with a personal trainer, or if some people are more comfortable with a physio who might know exercise and so forth. You know, baby steps, I think, you know, to your walk, can you add like 10 to 15 minutes of something? And again, I always say like, I think it should be kind of, you know, uh, supported. So somebody actually like is under someone's guidance, yes. you know, learn it, feel comfortable, you know, if it hurts, not every pain is a bad pain, you know, educating them, you might feel this, so yes. nothing's a shock, you know, Good. Yeah. Um, and little baby steps, you know, it, it's like anything, you know, you increase volume, you increase intensity, understanding what that means, you know, volume, even one rep more today than yesterday is an increase in volume, Correct. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, did I do better than yesterday, sure. Um, so I, I always, and I, I feel age is really nothing but a number. It's where you, um, how you define age. And I try and encourage people to be able to like, everything's possible. Like it just yeah. depends, but it might be a little bit slower than someone else, but it's still in the right direction, Correct. you know? Um, so I would say, okay, good. At least you're walking, which is great. Can we make it consistent? Like, I'm like not consistent if you do it twice a week, but I do it every week. Yeah, well, it's consistent every week, but can we do it four times a week versus like two times? And can you add on the back end, like, you know, a couple of, you know, resistance base that might be important for them? You know, nice. again, guide it. Cool. Amazing. What's the most common health problem encountered you have encountered in the Middle East? So it's changed over the, you know, I, you know, I've been practicing, you know, in clinic now since 2010. So I'm coming up to eight years. And I would say it's definitely changed. It's changed not because it's changed. It's changed because I'm attracting different people through word and mouth of whatever. So initially, definitely obesity. Okay, that's what I used to see the most. People used to come to get leaner. And then after that, it became digestive. Like, because I kind of have gotten known for digestive IBS type, you know, problems. So people have come and done testing and so on and so forth and understand about gut health. 
which is probably my most favorite topic because I've been working on it for the longest time. Um, and then the spin-offs to that become autoimmune diseases and things like that. So now I do see a lot of, you know, diagnosed autoimmune-related, you know, issues. Chronic diseases. I mean, I see a lot of chronic diseases. And initially they were a lot older, and now I'm actually seeing younger and younger people. Um, unfortunately, being diagnosed very early and just, again, not being well. Not being sick medically, but know that they're just not okay, you know? Um, I feel like a lot of people even haven't <coughs> experienced what it is to feel healthy. It's just become, um, okay, so I'll give you my example. I've eaten cheese all my life, and my poor brother, like, we finally realized that he's got some sort of sensitivity to lactose. And he, uh, so we start bringing cheese in the house, and we start bringing, you know, milk and those products. And, and so, inevitably, like, I start putting, like, making my omelet with cheese and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I just, and the other day, I was like... I, I started feeling leaner, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. And I've been fine with it all my life. <laughs> so I had this cube of cheese the other day, and, I, oh, man, I had, like, I had an upset stomach for two hours, and I was like, what is wrong with me? So one of the most common phrases I say is that you'll never know how good you can feel until you feel it. Yeah. Because until then, this is your baseline. This yeah. is all you know. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I often say is if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Always I mean, got, yeah. you know, you're not gonna, it's not gonna, you know, change yeah. for any reason. Like, you gotta take, expect to change, yes. you're gonna change. You're gonna have to change, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I think that's very, very true, and it's true for a lot of people. So you might be living a lie, all right? Like you were. Like I was. Are you gonna eat cheese again? No. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Probably you, not. Not today. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, anything from obesity to it, like, there's a wealth of knowledge here. You have to go and see her. Like, even if you're fine, even if you're healthy, um, go see her. I mean, I think there's there's a lot of information you can learn about yourself, about what real healthy living is, about how you can even get better, even if it's you know, if you're not sick. I mean, how can you perform better? How can you get better? Yeah. I mean, that's. Um, I mean, I think exactly. I think it's good to ask those questions yourself. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you don't have to like come and see me, but I think in general, I think yeah. that people just accept yes. so much, and I don't think you need to accept so much. And if you start questioning, things may actually come up, you know, and you could feel better, and you could feel uh, you could be you know get leaner, or you could sleep better, or you could have more energy, or yeah. you know, it's not that this is me, yeah. you know, which I think we do just accept so much. Um, <clears throat> you are not what you eat, but what you absorb. I've heard you say that a few times. Yeah, I mean, articles. I say it all. I say what it all mean? the time. So, digestion and absorption, like if you do actually, you know, digestive physiology, you know, it starts in the mouth and then it is eliminated through the stool. But it has a long way to go. And nutrients have to be absorbed. And just because you put it in your mouth, we have so many processes that can break down along the way. It doesn't mean that it's going to reach where it needs to reach. And 
we find I find that more and more so. And in the last like so many years, like you know, you ha- you have that those odd people like no matter how much I eat, I just don't gain weight. Yeah. Or I'm in the gym and I bulk up, and then as soon as I stop, it's gone. Or you know, I I don't understand. Like I eat so much of this, why am I deficient in blah 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 this? And that's exactly it. You know, you're not what you're just putting in your mouth. You're actually what you're absorbing into your you know blood streams and cells and so on and so forth. So the digestive process and absorption process is very complicated. Um, and one needs to understand that it's complicated. You know, it's, it's another thing like, you know, when people come, I so many times this happens, they're like, Mike, do you blow up? They're like, no, no, don't blow it, don't blow it. And then I'll be like, I'll give them some, you know, we finish it, and I'm like, okay, you know, the advice for, you for the next couple of weeks is blah, blah, blah. And then they come back, I'm like, how are you doing? Like, you know what, I don't blow it anymore. Uh, but you kind of said you never bloated. It's like I didn't know what it was to be bloated. Correct. Unless yeah. I'm not bloated. Now I know what yeah. you meant. Yeah. Or they'll be like, you know, those questions you're asking. I said, you know, I, after you said it, I, you know. So even my history asking questions, not always about getting answers today, but it's planting the seeds of those questions that then you go home and then you're like, you know, actually, I said that I sleep but I just noticed that, you know, I don't. Or, or I said that I wake up really fresh, but actually, like, you know, I'm actually really tired. I do snooze a few times. I didn't think, you know, it's like those things, planting those seeds to getting to know people. And I think we don't, we accept so much that we really don't know, yes. like, much about ourselves, yeah. you know? Amazing. And then when you go through these kind of processes or these exercises where you work with someone like myself or other people like in that kind of more holistic environment, you start to learn a lot more about yourself, which is important. Nice. I assume, I assume the follow-up question people wanted, would want me to ask is, I'm not gonna get into it and I'm not gonna ask that question, but it was more on the lines of like, what can you, are there any supplements or anything? But I think that again is, it can depend from person to person and can vary from person to person. And um, again, that's probably where you come in, in play when, if someone wants to come and see you and, and someone wants to find out more. Um, but I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you are what you, you are not what you eat, but what you absorb comes in, uh, becomes more important with the people who eat less. Yeah. So they, they need to be absorbing a lot more. If you're on the run and if you're not eating enough and you feel like, you know, um, uh, you're struggling to put on weight or whatever it is and you're just, you know, constantly but, going. But like, also, like, you know, processes break down. Yeah. So digestibility in terms of breaking down of macronutrients to be absorbed into small bits breaks down when you're stressed, when you're on the run, yes. when you don't eat enough and so on and so forth. So some people, do I put people on digestive enzymes? Yeah, I do. You know, so when people are like, oh, it's all about supplements, well, technically, our food is not as enriched as it used to be. So, you know, even plants, it's, it's an, you know, agriculture, whatever, is a business. And therefore, you know, the same soil can be used many more times, so the nutrients are already, like, you know, not there, um, and so they're not in the plants anymore. So sometimes, yeah, do we need to absorb? Yes, we do. We need to actually take it in as a supplement, yeah. you know. Um, and people, some people are okay with it, some people are not so okay with it. But it's not a fashion. I'm not like, you know, here, take this and everything's going to get better. There's a reason for it. Um, and uh, again, it comes down to history. Like, where are you and why? Would I, why would you be somebody I would put you on a cell phone? Okay, awesome. Um, 
food sensitivity testing. Yeah, what would you I say do the, a lot. Yeah, you do a lot. What would you say the top bad guys are? I mean, I'm not going to name any names in terms of... No, 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 no. I mean, like, like a top oh, bad guy. Oh, top food. Yeah, food, food, food. Are you trying to get to, like, like you know, talk about, like, like this companies? is like, And then we're just going to slide in, like, a sponsor. You know, I would probably say it's not surprising. Well, I don't think it is surprising. But, like, you know, dairy and gluten are probably the top. Yes. Most common ones. Then, you know, I would say eggs and nuts. Yes. Yeast uh, comes in, too, uh, often. Protein shakes. Uh, what protein shakes purely because they're dairy. Dairy, yeah. Yeah, so it's still dairy as opposed to it being a protein shake. Okay. It's a dairy protein. Dairy. And people not understand the difference between a lactose intolerance and dairy sensitivity. Yeah. 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 You know. So with the dairy sensitivity even weighs not. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, people who are lactose intolerant, not having the enzyme to break down the sugar molecule right. lactose, um, could have lactose free yes. you know, X, Y, and Z. But you know, um, I would probably say they are uh, they're they are the most common, but do I see, you know, it's not about the food sensitivity uh, in terms of yes or no, these are the foods, stop it, goodbye, gone. Yeah. It's actually the interpretation. Yeah. You know, when I, do I use it as a, uh, yes, of course, it's information, the patient feels better, and so on and so forth. But when people are like, oh, you know, I did this test, and I came, became sensitive to everything, so it's a rubbish test, and I'm not going to follow it, and so I did it. Okay. <laughs> They don't ask the question, why would I be sensitive to everything? Yeah. You know, they don't understand leaky gut. They don't know what that is. Um, and so I use it as, you know, we've got something to use to follow to make you feel better. But what are we going to do in the meantime to improve the gut health and so on and so forth? So, you know, again, like it's how you interpret results. You know, and I've been using the same company for the last like eight years minimum. Um, and it, it works well, the patient does feel better. Good. And I think that matters. Now, now, in conventional medicine, no one really believes in food sensitivity testing and it doesn't work. But I just feel like if even anecdotally, even placebo, if it helps somebody feel better, who cares? Yep. You know, do they feel better? Yeah, they do. Okay, who cares? Cool. I, I wanted to... Um Story. Yeah, this was a personal experience. So I went from like a normal protein, like whey protein shake, uh, and then <clears throat> I just felt it, this was when I first moved here, and I was like, I was I couldn't find the brands that I've been using, and uh, I switched to that, and, and I found another brand that had actually, and uh, it was like it's it's got lactase and it'll help you, you know. So it's, um, and I felt a little bit better, and I actually you know lost a lot of weight and like bloating and stuff like that. Um, then I tried my brother's pea protein and I felt even like that. I was like, what? And so, you know, even adding lactase to something or, you know, just, just to add to that, it might not, you know, be the best solution. No. But it's it's also understanding. Yes. Yes. It's not the same thing. A lot of people think it's the same thing. Oh no, I'm not lactose intolerant. Okay. You're not lactose intolerant because I don't feel bad with it. Like, people don't understand. Sometimes inflammation is symptoms that you actually are not aware of yet. You know, inflammation is not just running to the bathroom and having diarrhea after milk. You know, that's not the only form of inflammation. You know, raised heart rate, headaches, bloating. Sure, gut-related, but there's a lot of, like, joint pains, heartburn, headaches, skin lesions, like, you know, skin rashes. 
there's so many falling asleep after food. There's so many symptoms that you can't pinpoint them. And you'll only know how good you're going to feel when you feel it. Exactly. Awesome. Can of worms. Best place to find information online. Um, sorry, I just made this horrible face. The reason why <laughs> I, said I can of worms. <laughs> I mean, that's what you do when you see a can of worms. <laughs> you know, in this day and age, anyone can be an expert. Yeah. Online. Yeah. And I do have those difficult patients who, like, visit Dr. Google ten more times than they visit me because free access. And they're actually looking for them to read something that they kind of want to hear. Yes. And so when you're actually looking and you feel like this is a really good source because it says everything that I'm comfortable with hearing, it must be okay. Yeah. It's really tough, you know. So again, like you might have XYZ symptoms and they put you in this kind of category, but you, this category doesn't talk about, you know, ABC symptoms. Right. So that just makes it a whole different picture that you've not picked up. So I feel like online, is it really, I mean, sure you can read about, you know, stuff, but I really think that seeking professional help for a goal or it, you just can't beat that. People that are experts in this and not anything else. That's what they do for a living. That's why. That's why they know. That's and if they don't know something, they're happy to like say go to such and such yes. who might have the answers to this particular question that you're asking. But to just go online and be like, you know, I just don't think it's the most, the best way. Yeah. You know. Good point. So don't paint. I mean, we're trying not to paint everyone with the same brush. I mean, that whole, like, I, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier that, you know, you should be eating this, 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 and this. You want to be a bodybuilder, you need to be eating 400 grams of protein. Um, yeah, it's just not so simple. Yeah, it's just not so simple, you know, it is. And, and I 100% advise or recommend you guys to go and see someone, someone professional that can work with you through your journey and someone who's a little bit more practical and not so black and white. Yeah. Um, because things change, change over years and years and, and goals, and so you know, it's a lot to it is a learning for process. You know, uh, I heard something really interesting. So one of these guys came to me, and they were like, "Oh, I just someone just recently told me that my lower back is weak, and like this is more powerlifting." Let's. So my my lower back is weak, and um, I want to, or I want you to coach me, and I was like, you know, it's, and this is something that I picked up from Matt Wenning, um, is that. For me to actually know how your body operates, it's going to take me one year of trial and error. Totally. Secondly, for the lower back to catch up to your quads or where it's like, it takes about two to three years of actual like lower back. So I'm like, these are the kind of things that, you know, that, that really matter. And it's going to depend from person to person. And if it takes me one year to actually get to know your body, I guess that's just training. We're yeah. talking about like training, like, you know, loading parameters and stuff like that. But imagine what it takes for stuff inside. It's... But also when people complain about stuff, like I recently had a woman who came, actually it was, I mean she's got a lot of chronic diseases, but she wanted to lose weight. And because she's on a lot of steroids and stuff, it's a little bit difficult, and she's a vegetarian, which does kind of make it a little bit harder. But she came in, and her son is obviously, you know, 40 years younger than her, and, and he's dropped a lot of weight in a very short space of time. And she came in, and she said, you know, I've... I've lost, it was it's about six weeks, she's lost some like seven kilos. And then I have to put it in, in perspective, like, well, seven kilos is kind of like, you know, seven, 14 slabs of butter. It's a lot of fat yeah. to lose for a start. 
and um, six in six weeks is relatively yeah. short. Um, and you're doing well, and you're feeling good, and you know things that she's not noticing is how she walked in, being less breathless, sitting down, being more positive, actually telling about the things that she's done well. Yes. You know, we we are such high achievers as human nature that we don't celebrate our successes at all. Yes. Um, and only when you can actually document how you started. Yeah. And you tell people, okay, well, this is actually what you said. People forget. But it's the same thing as, like, when you train, you know. You do a routine and, you know, there's a, you know, I don't even know how I got to this, but program design. Do you know what I mean? It's like I just feel like we're just not focusing on the right things. You know, I I heard something really cool the other day. Leaner Leaner people are happier people. And, you know, to me it was just like, well, what kind of statement is that? But then it kind of like when, when, when we start talking, we're like, okay, leaner people generally will probably, if we try to tie in everything that we've, you know, gotten, like, or a little bit of what we've gotten today is, you know, less inflammation, you know, you know, better sleep, yeah. um, more hydrated, like their, you know, uh, their hormones are like probably more balanced. balanced and you know that's with you know leaner people so it's it's kind of cool to actually that actually did make sense because it was like on a science board and I was like but you, you know but that's it's really interesting because that's how I started doing what I do so after I finished medical school and I was like a little bit disillusioned by like the NHS and like medicine and I was like you know all these nobody cares about their relatives and you know and I just didn't want to lose my empathy and I didn't want to become cold and giving bad news I went and I did sports medicine. So I was like, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to tell this guy he can't go back on the field yeah. for this sport. Yeah. You know? And then when I started going into body composition, and I was doing bio six and stuff like that, I realized that the roadblocks were like lifestyle oriented. Like, can I, okay, well, okay, you're not able, you are on the outside a reflection of what you're on the inside. So if we're really struggling on this weight front or fat front or whatever it is, we're struggling on the inside to some degree. And that's what was interesting to me, was to look at where can I be that detective of which roadblock to like help first. And that's when I started to then investigate and learn and go into nutritional therapy and functional medicine to understand how can I fix these insides and the processes of diseases and how things should work better. Improve that to have an outside, you know, Reflection. Alright, let's go into our we're coming close to an end. I don't like Alex is like, dude. Um, so locally grown, globally known. Let's say that again. Locally grown, globally known. Okay. Um, just quick questions. We're in the Emirates and you know, just to get to know, you know, what you would uh, uh, rec- not recommend, but what are your favorites? And this is not recommendations, not recommendations, they're favorites. I mean, in terms of what? Restaurants? Restaurant. Again, I eat, I eat everything. I eat everything uh, before David and I would eat certain things. Now the kids make a difference. So if it's like fun and playful, there's a play area that would sway me that day. So would I go to Bistro or like because they've got a play area so I could spend 10 minutes and having a coffee while my children play? Yeah, I'll go there. You know, um, if they have like some gluten-free options, I'll go there, you know, Good. just because it's easier for me to... You know, give them stuff. They're aware of those kind of things. So I, I go to Bistro a lot. It's close to me. Yeah. I've been to Tasha's. I have think they have generous portions. So on a day where I feel particularly hungry and I want a lot, or David wants a lot, he's had. You know, Tasha's is a good place to go. Um, 
I like Mexican, I like Arabic food, I've grown up you know, here, um, so I definitely uh, order different forms of like Lebanese food, do I order at home, you know, I eat at home a lot, I mean like, I, there's no, nothing like, we're not fine well, like, diners okay, yeah, as such, good. like we don't uh, fine dine much, and very seldom now, especially with the children, generally we're gonna, we'll do it with the kids, um, but like I guess all the common things, I mean I'm not really, to be honest, it makes me think I need to think of somewhere new to go, really, and you know, look into. But yeah, I mean, at least we got something out of that. <laughs> but no, I think I got Tasha's out of that. So it's like for me, being new in Dubai, it's like it's important. I want to know where people are eating. I want to try those places, and that's one of my next. I mean, things I would so. ask other people as well, not just me. But yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But if you haven't tried it, yeah, I mean, we'll try it. No, again, like I said, like I mean, I'll tell you why I like bistro. I like bistro because it is ch- child friendly. Yeah. It's comfortable. It's quick. They have gluten-free, dairy-free options. They have little bites for the kids. They have big bites for the adults. They have a mixture of different things. And I just feel like the atmosphere has a lot more children. So if my kids are going wild and crazy, other parents aren't looking and be like, shh, you know, be quiet. Correct. You know, so... um, So, Beaster, I'll take 500 bucks for that. Um, Coffee shop in town? I mean, I like all kinds of coffee. I mean, I just need coffee in the morning. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of, like, specialty coffees, speciality coffees, as it were. Um, You know, I went through a phase where I actually order in, like, the Bulletproof and then grind them and make them. I'll do that if somebody's coming. Um, You know, like, all the, you know, ones that are local. Actually, for me, my favorite is, like, Cafe Nero or, like, um, I even like Caribou, you know. Um, I go there. I'll choose there. I mean, it's close to my work, so it's easy. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. Favorite uh, order in or takeout? Do you guys do that? I mean, occasionally, yeah, we do. I'll order sushi in a few times. Yeah. I've done that. Um, we ordered in Lebanese a few times. I've ordered biryani pot in a few times. They have a From like specific biryani. places or quinoa yeah, yeah. biryani? Yeah, quinoa biryani. Where? It's called biryani pot. Biryani so you have. Pot. They, each of them See, come that's with, why I ask these questions. Yeah, they come with individual, like, proper, like, clay pots that you keep. Amazing. And then, um, and yeah, keep, yeah, and then quinoa, they have a lamb and a chicken. I don't order the chicken much because they have dairy in them, but I always order the lamb biryani, and it's nice, and it's, you know, do I have it a lot? No, but if I really fancy something. I've ordered, um, from Eric's. Have you, I don't know if you've ever heard of Eric's, but Eric's is a, a going restaurant in Karama that deliver home and I've ordered them you know over the years quite a a fair bit they have like you know fish stuff that's like gluten-free they make dosa so it's like gluten-free you know that like being able to have the taste but like not reacting afterwards yeah you know um so yeah Eric's (coughs) I've ordered him before I, I, I specifically asked this question is it two, day, two days ago my family ordered in and they ordered in like four pizzas just lying there from Pizza Hut yeah. and they're like cheesy and like I'm just like oh I know I'm, I'm like looking at that and my stomach is hurting and I'm like oh where's the salad yeah. where's the meat yeah, so, yeah no I these are good good ideas good options um, <clears throat> if you had to buy supplements for yourself where would you buy them from? I mean I've been now in the business for so many years that I've tried so many different companies so I'm very specific at like what I want from which company but I use a lot of different companies from the US, UK, 
both of them. I mean, okay. I've you know, it, it's just so many years I've used all of them. So I for certain specific things, I'll go to specific companies because I know they do well. And experience again counts. Like if a patient has done really well on something, I will use what goes, you know, as opposed to what's here. I think that's a really big thing for people and users to understand that two supplements saying exactly the same thing on the back are yeah. not the same. Not the same thing. Yeah. He was, uh, it was something, really, I think Dr. Eric Serrano, I was listening to him and, and he was saying how they tested 33 different omega-3s and only actually two said what they had in it and one of them was oxidized too. So go. it's like, you know, it's, and these are well-known brands around the world, so. And it gives, it gives really the supplements overall industry such a bad name. That's why people are like, is my kidney or my liver going to be damaged after having this? I really want to get it from food. I really want to go natural. I don't want to take any supplements. You recommend too many supplements. You know, people, it's, again, it's education. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the most important thing, really. Is there um, top people that you follow in the Middle East when it comes to, like, you know, training, nutrition, something of those lines? You know, the industry is big yet small at the same time. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of people here. I think, uh, do I refer uh, to, yeah, I refer, there are people that I refer to uh, for specific things, but would I go out as much to say, look, you know, check them out on Instagram and follow them? I just don't think it's the kind of place to do that, at least not in my industry. Okay. You know, I think really you need to do your own research, research yeah. you know, and uh, and figure out yourself, like what works for you, the kind of person you want to see. Because relationships make a really big difference in terms of compliance, and compliance actually dictates outcome, you know, as opposed to, um, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it's really important to create a good relationship. We come to the fun part, so we call this segment the crazy, stupid, strong. First thing that comes to your mind when, say, if you, I'll give you a few options. First thing that comes to your mind: Wonder Woman or Supergirl? Wonder Woman. She's hot. Basketball squats. Ooh, I would say basketball. Squats hurt. I'm not a fan of pain. Lamborghini, Ferrari. Ferrari. Nike or Reebok? Nike. Favorite movie? Girls just want to have fun. I know it's really cheesy, but I do really like that one. Ice cream or salad? Ooh, chocolate. Ooh. Batman, Superman. Superman. Nice. I just don't think Ben Affleck was like such a hot Batman. You know, like after Christian Bale, it just. It's not the same. Christian Bale was a good Batman. Said he'll never be a Batman. I hope he doesn't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that bombshell. Okay, let's move on to our last few questions. Any new ventures coming up in the next 12 months? Um, there are a few ideas. Yeah. Um, but uh, whether they'll happen this year or 2019, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's with IFBM? Uh, yes and no. So we shall see. Alright, we're gonna stay tuned. So there's like a lot of secrets out there. I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna nag her now. Yeah. Um what would your friend say you're secretly good at that we don't know? Ooh, that you don't know. I mean I don't have many secrets like that. But I think the one thing that I am that I think everybody says is I am very good at I am very disciplined. Like if I'm like I generally am a good eater. 
I generally will train. I generally will be there for my children. I gen like I just feel like I I think I do I'm good at what I do with my time to the best that I can. Amazing. I borrowed that from Tim Ferriss. Thanks, Tim. Um, if you had a gift if you had to gift a book to someone on Christmas is that too much of an open-ended yeah you know and the other thing is you know if you if you know my husband and you saw his library of books if anybody had to gift anyone a book I would just tell David to gift one of okay. his books like I just would not get into that I feel like he's just far more of a like you know I would I would never give him a book Okay. You know, I'm that person who gifts things. Gift. No, I, I'm actually that person who gifts what I think that they they would want, yeah. but wouldn't buy it for themselves. Mm. I'm that kind of person. Yeah. I always wanted a Ferrari. My birthday's coming up. Yeah, so but I just said I want one, so I would take myself for it. <laughs> I actually don't want a Ferrari. I neither do you really do that. No, come on. Do you? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. I might sell it after. Yeah. <laughs> after what? After you give it to me. <laughs> Take the money and invest it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what advice would you give your 20 year old self? If you had to give any advice or you're like, that was perfect. Like, I would, my 20 year old self, I would be like, you know, have more fun. You know, when you're like married and you have children, it's amazing, but it comes obviously with a lot more responsibilities. You know, you got fees to pay, you've kind of got to like, you know, educate them. There's just so many things you have to do. You've got, you know, you're an adult. Yeah. And at 20, when you think you're an adult, you're really not. So, you know, enjoy really, again, just like I said, don't rush with like, you know, being a parent, it's the same as like, don't rush full stop. Like every phase is there for a reason. Like it's not trying to be too old too soon. That's like, like really enjoy, in, enjoy like enjoy. You know, it's really weird because I, I Instagrammed this the other day where I said my mom used to say to me when I used to be like, mom, mom, and she'd be like, you just wait till you're a mom, okay? <laughs> and then you tell me that you won't say the same thing. Just wait. And then I look at my and I like catch myself. I'm like telling my kids in my head, just wait till you're a mom. <laughs> you know, and history really does repeat yourself. Like all the stuff that my parents told me with their experience, and you're like, yeah, whatever, blah blah blah. And you're like, I'm like, it's it's the same. You know, we just we're so quick as a child. Like I wish I could be a kid again. Like I miss. I am an like I turned forty in Feb. I am an adult. I am mid age, like life. I'm going through my own midlife crisis. I really, truly am like, oh my god, what have I done for forty years? You know, you're just like kind of, and you want to be that child again. I look at my kids. I'm like, just enjoy, just be stupid, just be like whatever. Um, and then you're always rushing to be this like adult and like move on to the next phase. And I'm like, little do you know, when you're an, when you actually hit an adult, you're like, oh my god. You know? To be 20 again. To be 20 again. Like, yeah, be a kid. Enjoy. Last but not least, where can people find you? I have a clinic in Healthcare City. Uh, Institute for Biophysical Medicine. You can call them. Uh, you can email me. Uh, on Instagram, Dr. Chef. We'll have that. Know. We'll have that. All those details below on the video. 
Shifali, thank you so much for joining You're us welcome. and uh, joining me, uh, more importantly. And uh, I think our audience got tons and tons from that. Uh, thank you, thank you so much for being yourself. And um, it was just super awesome. Thank you. Okay. Guys, thank you for tuning in. And if you like what we're doing, like, share, subscribe, follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we have uh, an apparel line which launches soon and which is parallel to the podcast. So if you like what we do, pick up our hats. Uh, we have some t-shirts coming soon too that'll help us you know, grow our business and, and get more really cool information out to you guys. Um, so thank you again for watching. Stay hungry and stay strong, my friends.